What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. And of course, the ACC decided they wanted a new model, 355, when it came to football schedule. We talked a little bit about it on yesterday's show, but it's always good to have different eyes and different opinions, especially when you're more of a top-tier team. Florida State got the good end of the stick for once. Let's talk about it. Can the Seminole fans finally get off my back? Would love to hear it. ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Hooper. That is not Drake. I mean, sorry, that is not <laughs> none of these people that I have named up here. My apologies, Jersey Drake. Hola, mi gente. We are getting down. The Locked on Seminoles host is here to join me to talk about FSU and maybe getting the strong end of the stick when it comes to good matchups for the next four years. As we mentioned on yesterday's show, the ACC has now picked up the 355 model. There are no more Atlantic Coastal Division rivalries going on. We're all going to be one happy family, and we're going to talk about that today and maybe why Notre Dame will eventually join the conversation. So, Jersey Drake, how are you feeling? Everything is good over here. We're ready for the weekend. I got a LASIK coming up, so I will no longer be needing these because I cannot see anything right now at all. Let me put these back on so I can actually see you and see my notes in front of me. But no, it's all good with the weekend ahead of us, too. And just like I'm excited to talk about some football because uh, the Coastal Division is dead, and I cannot be any happier than that. You know what? I really wish people stopped hating on the Coastal. It ain't been right since Carolina and Clemson matchup when we literally should have won the ACC championship, and maybe Clemson's reign wouldn't have been as heavy. But I digress. I am here for the Coastal's craziness because at the end of the day, you never can guess it, right? I certainly didn't think that Pitt was going to win last season. Damn sure didn't. And to see how they kind of transpired and are coming back with a bang. We also have teams like Wake Forest, who nobody called that undefeated damn near season last year but now they might be getting on a roll i did mention yesterday that they probably have the worst of the new 355 model in that their team their three teams that they'll play permanently will be georgia tech virginia tech and duke for the next four years and i know you you get to have the i would i wouldn't call it top tier but i would say the better halves of the we're ACC blue conversation. blood. We're, is it, we're a blue blood. Are you a staple? But are you a, are you a blue blood ACC? Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Okay. We, we might not be in this conversation. Sem- we'll see. We'll see. Facts. <laughs> Seminoles fans already. I just feel the hype coming. The tension. I just. I don't need it today. So you guys are facing off against Clemson, Miami, and Syracuse. And while Syracuse, of course, is not the opponent of old, they definitely don't have the program that is of the same caliber as the other two. Clemson is certainly a great opponent to have as a good measuring stick, in my opinion, as well as Miami, who is the back town, arch town, a couple down the streets, down the street, uh, rival. Yeah, we got the four-hour time, and we got the four-hour <laughs> drive. I mean, I'm from South Florida originally. I grew up with, like, I have some fan members that are Miami fans, a lot of my close friends are Miami fans. I'm probably the only Florida State fan in my immediate family, even though I have some cousins from my mom's side that came from Panama over here to go to the medical school over here. At, at oh, wow. But, um, yeah, I think with Clemson, like, I know not a lot of FSU fans are going to like me for saying this. I really didn't view them as a rival up until the Dabo era. I know there was the, the Bowden Bowl when mm-hmm. I bought Bowden. Some was the formerly the head coach actually over at Clemson. But, I mean, Clemson was, was, was a team that, you know, you would beat up on. And then we had a term called Clemsoning where they would be so close. And then <laughs> they, everything would just fall apart. But since, you know, when Dabo took over and he turned it around about in 2012, 2013, when he fired, um, what's his name? 
Kevin Steele and Brandon Brent Venables and Jeff Scott and Tony Elliott. That's what you when he started cook, cooking all, all, all four cylinders. So with Clemson keeping the three, I love that. Miami, as you know, Miami-Florida State probably is a top five football rivalry in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I can't stand orange and green almost as much as I can't stand orange and blue. So I can't stand the color orange because, you know, if everything is orange. But overall, it would be, to me, with Miami, you got to keep that because that's basically where your majority of both of your rosters are South Florida kids. These are kids that grew up playing each other in Pop Warner, hot middle school, high school, and then you meet on the field in college, and that's something that, you know, you can't write any better. I would have preferred Georgia Tech because it's right there in Atlanta. We have a lot of Atlanta, actually, Seminoles, actually, alumni base there. My only concern probably would have been for that, which is probably probably the same thing as the admin, was that if you have a game in Georgia Tech every single every other year, you might have less fans go to Tallahassee because it's right there next to them. So maybe Syracuse is probably a better fit for the market. Well, it's funny you mentioned a couple of things. Let's start with the orange. All of your opponents where have orange in their combinations. So I can definitely sense the energy there. But more than that, you really hit the nail on the head when it came to your guys being recruited and wanting to play Miami versus Florida State matchups and that being a tradition. You don't stop tradition. And I think when you talk about football and where you're trying to bring the money, I said yesterday, I think Commissioner Phillips is trying his best to make football king in our conference. Now, if you listen to Monday's episode, you realize that I don't think that we'll ever be the king of football. I think we just need to love our men's basketball space, really our women's basketball space as well. Shout out to NC State. But listen to me, if we're going to try, you might as well keep the tradition popping. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think the ACC is going to be, first and foremost, a football conference. And I think it's if we're ever, most of the re- ever. ever. Because yeah. I think for the exact reason that you said, I love football more than basketball, but I completely understand where – when it comes to teams like Duke and UNC, and when they're the flagship of your entire Syracuse as well, Louisville and that state now kind of with their women's program, that you can see that the seams and the fabric of the entire conference begins and ends on the hardwood. Yeah. And that's hard to compete, especially with basically the NCAA also with the men's tournament, like March Madness. I mean, we saw, we thought the AC had a down year, I said on Monday, but then we had what, six or seven teams in the Elite Eight, like at the end of the day. So, and then with football, yeah, we have Clemson, we got FSU, we got Miami. FSU didn't become part of the ACC until the 90s. Miami didn't come part of the uh, part of the ACC until, I think, 2005. So, quite frankly, you, you have these blue-blooded uh, football programs, but they haven't been part of the ACC since their inception. So, yeah. overall, I think to me, as much as I would like it to be that way, and also working in an athletic department, I understand football brings in the most money financially and, and supports the rest of the sports. Yeah. Basketball will always and forever be king, actually, for the ACC. Yeah, I completely agree there. And, you know, I think that when you look at the Florida States and Miami's and coming, coming, coming into the ACC and Miami have yet winning a, na- a national conference championship, I think that this definitely makes for a better playing field, even though a lot of people say this is the year that Miami is going to do it. So I know you ah, probably, okay. probably, okay. I, you're probably not of that majority, and that's okay. Neither was A.J. Black. If you listened to yesterday's show, he was I not did. feeling – he was thinking we're a little too hype on the gains and i'm pretty sure you would concur that sentiment listen okay my opinion on the people saying the u is back the u is back the u is back the u isn't going to be back until you win the entire damn thing because growing up down here that was kind of the standard i could see from basically from my side of the family and also seeing all my friends down here mm-hmm. and you've been saying that every damn year since 2001 you guys have not won a relevant big time bowl game since what the champs sports bowl like in the teens and you brought that trophy on recruiting trips, like Mario Cristobal, great coach. I think it was a great hire, and he is killing it with recruiting right now. No question. Landing Jaden Rashada, landing the Ray Ray Joseph kid to decommit the four-star DB, sorry, four-star wide receiver. 
And as well as I think they're definitely going to be landing some, I think a kid, Hakeem Williams, and maybe Rylan Wilson as well. Josh Gass, great OC hire. I think that's, quite frankly, that staff, it does worry me a little bit, but I need to see you guys prove it out on the field because y'all lost to a five and seven Florida State team last year. They had no damn business losing to. So, you know what? We'll see what happens next this coming year. 100% agree there. My my two thoughts are what I would love to ask you as we're going here, trying to you know transition into topics. But you mentioned Florida State is definitely not a maybe not a forever you know stakeholder in the ACC. With this shift in this model, does it? Do you think it helps? You know, ads and all the event management people say, hey. Maybe we can stick around a little bit longer. Maybe we don't have to test the waters. Maybe we aren't trying to join, you know, the SEC or the Big 12 or other conferences down, you know, south. Maybe we can just stick it out and figure figure out how to make the ACC better. Um, I think it might help in the stronger sense because I do think it allows, you know, we the Atlantic was always the far superior division between the two. Whoever mm-hmm. you would, if I think FSU finished 10-2 twice and was second place and it was already, was, was if we had done it this way before, we would have played Clemson twice in the ACC championship game for a rematch. Mm-hmm. So that definitely helps our revenue-wise. It helps our perception-wise, too, putting on the big stage. And also, we probably would have one more CFP appearance if that was the case, too. But yeah. I think overall, it's difficult primarily because I think FSU, I remember, I think back in the teens, the FSU flirted with the Big 12 to actually move over to that conference, which would have been, that kind of would have been super interesting because now you see UCF is actually going over there now. I think UCF is making a strong push to be part of the turn the big three Florida schools into a core four of Florida schools. And with FSU, I think that it's a Southern school. Its primary focus is football. It's always going to be football. I think even baseball probably will be a close, a close second primarily because as much as we love, we love Coach Ham, once Coach Ham leaves, I don't know if we're going to have the same sort of commitment to come to the basketball program, which is going to crush me because I love that man to death. So, well, you not have the same commitment because you're going to kick Norvell out and you're going to find the coach that's actually going to help you all win multiple games? Or we say one are you gonna kick Nor once Ham goes? Are you gonna kick Norvell out so you can really pour into the football program and see how it goes? So with the new AD, he made a splash hire with Link Jarrett. So I think mm-hmm. this man is not afraid of spending money, and I've already I'm of the belief that the way he spent money on basically Link Jarrett, who also he fired Mike Martin Jr., who was the son of a much beloved legacy head coach. That I mean, the head coach Mike Martin, his dad, this field is named after him. Mm-hmm. So he's not afraid of doing that. So I think the moment that I think this will be Norvell's last year, but I think also with Coach Ham, I think he's more of the inkling that he'll probably find someone that's a little bit younger, maybe Dennis Gates over Missouri, who was actually on the staff before, because basically I think with uh, A.D. Alford, he's someone that you know, values fundraising heavily, and I think that's someone that he'll bring in for the basketball program to have basically help them out, but when it comes to basically Norvell, yeah, I could see him definitely canning Norvell, maybe finding a younger, cheaper option for Ham, someone that still you know was moves the needle, but definitely be going big game hunting because I think on the short list, honestly, for that next coach probably will be someone like Lane Kiffin, David Randa, or maybe even in-house Alex Atkins. No doubt. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 to 50 even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, so go explore their easy-to-use website to find a solution to, for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliability, low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Please visit rockauto.com. We're rocking and rolling here with Locked On Seminoles hosts. What's my, I almost said AJ Black. I'm so sorry. Jersey Drake. Yeah, I'm 
girl, it's Friday. You look? <laughs> I know it's one of those days where it's like, oh, you're recording at a time where your brain is hit like sort of fog mode, but you know, you make it do what it do. I'm so yeah. glad though that we get to have the conversation around AC and the new football model because we touched on it lightly yesterday, but definitely want to bring it here again and talking about Notre Dame and does this entice them to want to come over here and be a part of our conference. Now that you know it's a fair, you don't have to be a part of anybody's division. You don't have to have the same sort of group maybe over the next four years. Like, you can just do what you do. We can squeeze you right in one more little spot. Maybe you can make Notre, give Notre Dame and Wake Forest a matchup, and, you know, Wake Forest wouldn't be as upset and their fans wouldn't be as pissed off because I definitely would be. Um, I think it would be an opportunity to just really get a good, good test of where engage where your program is based on how Marcus Freeman and Finding Irish are doing. <laughs> what does Notre Dame though get from like actually joining the conference overall? Already they can make they already make one of the tougher schedules in the country. Being yeah. you know basically going around, they basically pay play USC every year. They do the ACC stuff already because basically we already have an agreement with them. Like, hey, you don't have to join us or give us any of your money, but you guys get to play us, so basically get some legitimacy. So you'd have to revisit that contract. And if you're Notre Dame, would you get out of that? And also, would you share the revenue you get from your TV channel on NBC Sports? Because you're going to have to do that if you join the ACC. So it's kind of like, what what did they actually gain from this overall? Because like, if it's legitimacy they want, they will go over to Big Ten because that's kind of more they're up their alley. It's in their area. It's also academically wise a little bit stronger too. That's a good point. I never really thought about them being in the Big Ten, but now that you say that and how it's mapped out, I definitely could see that. My only thoughts here is if you want to win a conference championship, you might as well figure out and find a happy home with people that you already play. Because we're looking at college football playoff conversation to where we're wanting the top four teams and everybody has their reasoning rhyme and reason of why someone should or should not make you know the final four. And it feels like three are like solid two SEC and one Big Ten, right? Mm-hmm. And then the fourth is a G5 who you're like, well, damn, they won, they got undefeated. You know, optics say we have to include them. Not saying that they're not undeserving, not saying that they shouldn't be in this bad boy. Very good timing. How do you know I was going to say this today? But because, you know, we're trying to give the little guy a chance, you know, for lack of better understanding and jargon. So my sentiment is a join a conference, Go ahead to a conference championship, and then what can people say about you? I mean, that's fair. And that's, I mean, they also they play them all. Like you're saying, the familiarity is always there, and you still have the rivalries. I mean, one of the games of the centuries is FSU-Notre Dame, and then yeah. Notre Dame-Miami. I mean, Catholics and Convicts, the storyline writes itself. It's just more, I, I think, with the expansion of the um, – sorry, with the four-team playoff, I mean, we should be expanding it within the next, I think, three or four years to 12 teams maybe i i can tell by that face you don't you, you, you don't think so, you don't think so but i definitely think that if that happens which i have a strong feeling it will it's like that's i don't know i just think notre dame they are very happy just you know being solo dolo doing what they want right now let's i will say like without a conference championship it does hurt you in the cfp thing and maybe that's a question that notre dame with marcus freeman with their boosters with their alumni it's like hey do we actually want to legitimately be at the top of the top. So maybe we actually have to have that conversation and joining a conference. Well, there it is. Well, if Marcus Freeman were to join our conference, I would not be sad one bit. Do you understand I me? Yes. I, love that dude. I think we love him for different reasons, but that's okay. Love him all the same. <laughs> <laughs> Man's got a great smile. Oh, 
so as we mentioned on yesterday's show, we were talking a little bit about the 355 model and some of the staple teams that get to play each other. You know, you'll see the Virginia, Virginia Tech matchup still. You'll see the North Carolinas and the NC States and the Dukes of the world. And I think, you know, while Wake Forest got the you know low end of the stick, I look at, you know, teams like Pitt who got Boston College, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech. To me, some of these, when you look at the roster and who you have matched up, you're kind of better off. Like you are sitting in a really good spot to have like, I don't want to say three gimmies, but definitely three where it's like, oh, every, every year it's pretty evenly matched up. Were there any that you looked at where that you were like, okay, damn, it sucks for you or good challenge. I'm ready for it. So Duke got screwed. Um, if we're being whoa, whoa, completely whoa, whoa, honest. Whoa. Not the Duke football. To me, I think it was going to be difficult for them no matter who you picked. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but I am very glad that I don't have to see NC State anymore every single damn year because that right now with Doran and what they're doing right now, terrifying. UNC, mm. I mean, UNC could come back you know, when they're bringing a new QB. We'll see how Drake, Major, Cole Criswell are. And I think Wake Forest is kind of the kind of made out like bandits here, in my personal opinion. I think Wake Forest has found something really nice with Dave Clawson. And they're recruiting, I don't know if you know, they're top 20 on 247 sports overall, which is something that I would never thought I would say about Wake Forest football. <laughs> and they get Duke, yeah. not good. Florida Tech, Jeff Collins about to be fired. Virginia Tech, new head coach, and I think they have a four, I think, player race right now for starting QB. Yeah. So that, overall. And then you have the nerds, you know, Virginia Tech, Pitt, Virginia, Wake Forest. They got the little brain bowl down there, maybe a <laughs> little brain bowl trophy. You know, I love that. But overall, like, I think the AC actually did a really, really damn good job overall. I just think maybe Louisville might be a little mad they had to play Miami. So, well, listen, I really thought that Florida State should play Miami. They should play mm-hmm. NC State, and they should play Clemson. Like to me, yeah, that, they had to give you exactly. <laughs> they had to give you a gimme in Syracuse, right? They had to give you a gimme. When I look at NC State, I'm like, damn, Clemson because of last year's matchup, and I'm almost solidified that y'all have to be around each other. And I think about the time the old buddy missed that kick, and NC State almost upset like undefeated Clemson, and so I'm like, okay. This is one for the books. But if you have not been to an NC State Wake Forest game, whoo, buddy, that rivalry runs about as deep as NC State ECU or NC State North Carolina. Okay, like, I was about to ask about that because, yeah. like, I didn't know that, like, until yesterday. Like, I was talking about it with Cam Lemons DeBro for Wake Forest. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I'm like, I did not know it was that deep between oh, the two of them. I did yes. not know that. Oh, like, yes. There are some, like, it's not like me talking about Florida. And I'm like, that's yes. a lot of hate right there. Yeah, it's animosity because, you know, Florida workforce is like the pom-pom school of North Carolina. Like, you know, North Carolina State is where a lot of the people who can get into UNC go. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But state school, then you got Wake Forest that's private, and then you got Duke that's private. So those are like the hoity-toities. And so Wake Forest, of course, in many categories feels like they're superior. And so NC State, of course, more blue-collar folks feel like, okay, well, excuse me, who do y'all think y'all are? So – the rivalry is real. The last year's game with all the Atlantic Division implications that were on top of it were very much real. You felt all of that energy. And, like, normally games where you're like, oh, the refs blew it. Like, that was one where I was like, ooh, refs. <laughs> ooh, hate to be like, when I was watching the game, I was like, ooh, hate it had to be you. So, say all that say. It's been very interesting in terms of that rivalry. And I really wish they would have kept that one around. Yeah, I mean – I could now it kind of makes a little sense because I also saw that um, Devin Leary had only had five picks overall for the entire season. Two of them were against Wake Forest, so you kind of can see like how that's a weird thing about rivalry games where basically like the you, it brings the worst out of you or the best out of you, then it's never yeah. never in the in between. Um, so that's actually interesting. But I kind of wanted to ask you like when you see like teams like Duke, 
uh, mm-hmm. Georgia Tech, and then maybe to an extent Virginia, and then or maybe Boston College. Do you feel like this is the way they kind of like gave them a more difficult road, possibly? That is the ACC telling them that, hey, we know y'all aren't the basketball, I mean, the football schools. So here's just some teams to kind of help you out, basically revenue wise, and kind of, you know, so you can know your place actually in the conference of football. Well, with Duke, I feel like revenue is never going to be their issue because of just who they are. Virginia, damn near near the same thing. But for Virginia, I feel like it's a very good test for Coach Elliott as he goes into his first season, or he'll be going into his second season, you know, after this. So I really just think, like, okay, this is the time to really put yourself more on the map in terms in terms of these key wins. Because with North Carolina, you know, sometimes you cut your slip in on a Halloween night, right? But Louisville depending on how Coach Satterfield does and continues to grow that program with how they're really good recruits, are go, it seems like they're on the right track to keep him around and actually build some studs around Malik Cunningham and company if he does decide to stay. So I think those are the type of things where you like turn your head like, all right, listen, maybe <laughs> some of these schools are going to either build themselves up or find themselves having a very quick and early offseason. But either way it goes, I'm kind of excited about it. And I'm excited about it too. I'm just glad the divisions are gone. So now yeah. we know actually who the top two teams are, and it's not just Clemson versus whoever gets the you know the the, exactly. the luxury the the exactly. blessing of getting beat up by Clemson by 20 points. A thousand percent agree there. Now, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. So if you're looking to get in on any of these early predictions in terms of ACC football, you should head over there. Bet Online is your continued source for sports wagering, live betting, esports, all of your favorite games from MMA, boxing, and even golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is simply where the game starts. So wrapping up and finishing. Ooh, there it is. How my transition words going? We are wrapping up here. A little locked on someone else. Host Drizzy Drake. I feel like I said her when I'm excited and I'm having a good time. So it's all good. But as, as we look towards football, right? I've been excited about the season. The way too early predictions. And clearly we're a year and a half out before this even kicks off. But Top two teams, to me, if I'm sitting here looking at the whole conference, who is going to be fighting and clawing for those top spots every year? If you could already go throw it out there the next couple of years. For the next couple of years. Okay, I was about to ask that. Um, So I think for right now, I'm not going to put NC State up there, mainly because I think they're going to be third or fourth because I want to see who replaces Devin Leary because I think Devin Mm -hmm. Leary is very integral to that entire offense. True. I'm going to say Clemson because I think Clay Klubnick might be that dude. And if DJU is able to be, kind of replicate what he was his freshman year, he will be that dude. So I will go with him. And then the next one, that's actually really, really tough. Yeah. Um, I Keaton Slovis, I think, has two more years left, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will he I'm, say? Probably, but it depends. Yeah. I think the loss of Jordan Addison is going to be huge. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's gone. Damn it. All right. So <laughs> I would love to say us. Yeah. I would. I really, really would. And I think that this year for 2023 is going to be immense for Mike Norvell. I think she's sorry, 2022 is going to be good. I think this is going to be probably the best season we've had in a while. But I think the team with the brightest future immediately and then for the next two, three years. I know. It's gonna. It's. I think it might be Miami, and I think it really? might be Miami primarily because yeah. And I hate to say that. And listen, if I'm wrong, you know what that means? That means they suck, and that means they do everything that every, like I always say. <laughs> but listen, with Miami, I think they made a very damn good hire in Cristobal. I think yeah. you see right now with the recruiting trail, what it's showing out. I think Josh Gass yeah. is an OC who's going to be head coach and waiting somewhere else. Yeah. And I think Tyler Van Dyke 
he seems like some guy. If he balls out this year, he might stay. But also, if he goes, they have Jake Garcia in the back pocket. Ja'Cory Brown. They have Jaden Rashad, who's at Elite 11 right now, with Emory Williams, another kid in the committee class. The offense might be really good with Jalen Knight Don Chaney for a few for two more seasons. All it means is, though, we got to see how that defense is overall with Kevin Steele because apparently the defensive line outside of Lawrence Taylor, whew, it ain't yeah. good. Well, because <laughs> other than that, I don't know who else I really would pick. Maybe it would yeah. be NC State, but I, like yeah. I said, I need to know who their backup QB is going to be after Devin Leary because yeah. after him, I have no idea who they have. There's a lot of unanswered questions because I think this year is a very big year for some of the teams on the fringe, like the Boston Colleges of the world, right? The Wake Forests, can they be consistent? And the last year with Sam Hartman, like how do they transition from that? Will Keaton Slovis pick up right where can he pick up? Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, Sam Hartman's going to come. He's like, he's been wild. Year eight. Okay. Okay. (laughs) This is actually the last year he can't. Okay. Anyway, Um, you also have Keaton Slovis and Pitt and figure out whether or not they can uh, repeat what Kenny Pickett brought to the table. And Louisville, again, I say, if the recruiting is doing like it seems to be, is Satterfield going to stick around? And if he's not going to stick around, are you going to have the, the recruits come on and say, hey, I'll stick around with the coach that comes? Always very interesting questions. But I think for me, overall, I'm excited to see Clemson and NC State and Florida State and Miami. And I really wish I could pray for North Carolina to be in the conversation, but I don't even want to fake like this. So I mean, I'm just gonna- Hope we have a good one. It's going to be those four. And yeah. I think right now you're seeing a different commitment to football from all four of those schools, especially, yeah. you know, Florida State and Miami, the way they're kind of attacking basically not only on the field stuff, but also your support staff, basically your athletic administrations. I mean, you have John Ruiz out there literally just single-handedly recruiting kids with NIL offers and everything else out there. Allegedly. Yeah. No, he's out there doing actually a good thing, great thing. But, I mean, we'll see how it is. But those are definitely the top four to look out for for the next few years because – the rest of the ACC, and we talked about it last night a lot on Seminoles, is very, they're very interchangeable. We're just going to wait to see if there's another team that can kind of separate themselves from the pack. Yeah. And I think with UNC, honestly, you might have hit your ceiling with Mac Brown two years ago. And maybe, just maybe, because you, you're in a very town rich area. Mac Brown's a good recruiter, but do you have someone else that can come in and basically kind of push them forward? Because, I mean, it's Jordan Blue, it's UNC, it's Tar Heel Blue. You're able to get it through. I'm not going to dignify that with the response. We're just going to end. Maybe we come back next week. I'll have my uh, nice, nasty response. But I don't got it right now. I will have it next week, though. You best believe I'm kicking off the show, responding to you saying that, Mac Brown, we've hit our ceiling as the Tar Heels football. Okay, cool. Glad we had this talk. Can you please remind these folks where they can find you for all your work? Seminoles <laughs> fans, I got you. That was for y'all. I'm <laughs> y'all hey, we're the most – yeah, we're the least sensitive fan. No, we're, we're, no I'm not even going to go to there. But uh, you can follow me at Tally underscore underscore Drake. You can follow my co-host at MaxMovie17. You can follow the podcast at Knowles Anonymous. We're basically engaged with our fans. Talk about themes for episodes. We're on Mantor Mailback Mondays. And as always, we're fans first, people second, podcasters third. And uh, Candace, it. I'm sorry. Come on. You know, it's, you know it's from a good place. Oh, you know listen. It's from a good place. I have not lost a wink of sleep yet for a seminal person. I don't plan to do it anytime ah! soon. So, you know, it's it's all it's all love over here. Just know. Yeah, I really don't lose a wing. But I really in love that you guys engage with the comments and you guys have wars in them. Always be polite. Like, I think we have a good time. Except for my man, Tom, who said I was boring. But needless to say, you know, that's, that's, okay. that's my guy. No, no, no. <laughs> Tom, we don't, need, we don't need you. You don't need, we don't need your energy, Tom. It's all right. You know, I think everyone who is negative, I'm just going to name them Tom. I'm like, oh, we got another Tom up in here. I'm getting a little too rowdy. But 
Needless to say, guys, have a great weekend. Come back next week as we continue to talk, and we're going to be close to ending our summer break, so that means we're going to be in the full thick of having all the 19 to 20 episodes that you love. But for now, catch up on all of these summer classics. You get 12 a month, and so we're going to make it shake and make it do what it do. We appreciate you, as always, for Candace Cooper and Jersey Drake. Until next time.